What's up, everyone? Welcome to season six of the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Heart Guide Media. You have myself, Jesse HS, and of course, Eric Scott Tyler here today. Um, we were going to cover, I think, a few movies to start off season six, but unfortunately, uh, Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters passed away last week, and it seemed uh, fitting as Eric and I are both Foo fans uh, to uh, kind of pay tribute, talk Taylor Hawkins and talk Foo's and and just kind of talk about the situation because it's a uh, it's a it's a shit. It's 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 shit. It sucks. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, we're obviously going to dive into a few different things, but, uh, Eric, what was your first, uh, how did you first hear that, uh, that Taylor Hawkins had passed? Uh, honestly, I heard it from you. I was, it was like kind of later in the evening, right? If I can recall. And, uh, yeah, about you said- I don't know, 10, 10, 30. Eastern yeah stuff. yeah and you and, you, and I kind of I think me and Jen were watching something so I really wasn't on my phone too much I didn't really see what was going on and then when he texted me that I was like I don't know like completely gutted when I saw what you, what you texted and, and I think initially uh, when I you know googled it because that's what we do now is we google someone who we heard passed away and I didn't really see much on it um, so initially I thought not to bring uh, jokes to the situation I thought you were just fucking with me like you usually do um but kind of obviously off color but then yeah once i saw i was just completely gutted so uh so yeah heard it from heard heard it from you first actually so well i had i had uh i had just been bombing around the living room and i uh i was watching uh i was why i can't even remember what i was watching but i i had kicked um i kicked my phone up and and literally, like, I saw the Foo Fighters post saying, and I, you know, it was just a black screen with, like, white, you know, a black, you know, box with white text. And I start leave, reading it. And initially, before I even got, I was like, oh, my God, someone, someone in their touring crew passed away or something. Before I even got to, like, the third sentence where they said it was Taylor. And and the same thing. I was like, holy shit. Like, it takes, uh, it takes the wind out of you as a music fan, as a fan of his, as a fan of the Foo Fighters and and the projects he's been involved with it it fucking it sucks and it literally fucking hit me like a ton of bricks and and you and I had kind of talked it's it's weird how you know musicians that you like it's specifically musicians too I think because music is just so connect such connective tissue for 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 people like you and I that it's uh you're just like uh you think like oh shit like I'll never I'll never you'll never hear Taylor Hawkins on another Foo Fighters record. You'll never hear you'll never see a live video or go be able to go see the Foo Fighters live again. You know, it's it with Taylor. Um it fucking sucks. It's it's brutal. I mean, not really gonna get into like the whole like what he possibly could have died of, uh, just because there's just so much speculation and no one's gonna know until you know. Um but yeah, it just, it, it sucks. But what was the, I guess to kind of, to at least uh, illuminate in the, in the shitty darkness of the situation, when was the first time the foos came on to your radar? Yeah, right on. I mean, honestly, pretty early on, I mean, really, really young, like 
I think what the the uh, self titled record came out in what like 1995, correct? Am I right about that? Like yep. mid 90s, right? Yeah. So it wasn't long after that. Like I know I saw the video for Big B when MTV oh, yeah. was MTV. Um, yeah. And to be completely honest with you, at that age, you know, my young—I mean, I was 10 years old, obviously in 1995. So I, I don't even know if it was the year it came out per se, but uh, you know, not probably a year after i was pretty young and just discovering a lot of music uh through my cousins who were you know a couple years older than me and that's how i discovered a lot of music back then but so i to be completely honest with you i didn't even realize like the whole nirvana connection really um probably initially uh, but i know i saw the video for big me big me and i and i loved the song and i thought the video was hilarious with the whole mentos like rip right. off and uh, I remember getting the actual CD, uh, one of the, you know, as a handful of the first CDs that I, that I got from my parents. Um, so yeah, early on, I, I think the, like the initially, the first time I ever saw Foo Fighters was, was honestly their music video for Big Me. And as you can, you can attest to this too, like back then, obviously no internet um, and you're young and you're, when you're hearing music, you're either hearing it on the radio or someone's showing it to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, that's kind of how I, that's how they got on my radar was, uh, was the music video. Yeah. Well, I'm 100% right there with you. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get into them off that video, but I remember the video vividly because same, same thing with you. And I, and I love that kind of, we have the same discovery method, at least it was definitely the big me video because I remember, had to have been 96 because I, I vividly remember the music videos going on at that time. You had like LL yeah. Cool J doing it. You had like uh, <laughs> TLC uh, chasing waterfalls. You had Mariah Carey always be my baby. But then you'd obviously get the I like it, that was the that was the shit that I was like as an eight year old uh, was jamming. I was like Coolio and TLC and fucking LL Cool J. Um and I think the only band that I really like loved at the time was Guns N' Roses. Like that was Guns N' Roses is hands down like my, the first love I ever had as far as music. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that I remember that video because I remember obviously it's it's funny like you know Futos at the end you know like you yeah it, it's especially funny for a kid. Um, and I didn't make the Nirvana connection either because I was eight. Obviously. I, I imagine at the time I'm trying to can't remember back. I imagine I was familiar with some Nirvana stuff, um, at least from the radio. But yeah, it uh, but I didn't really launch off into like considering myself a Foo Fighters fan until I don't know, probably like 98. I'd say like 98, 99, probably 98. Um, but I remember it was. I guess it was probably 99, actually. I, I don't know. Like, I remember the My Hero and the Everlong videos being on VH1 and MTV, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Around the time when, like, Blink was out with Enemy of the State and shit. And they had, it was right on the cusp. They either put out or were putting out Nothing Left to Lose. And right. But I was still, you were still seeing, like, the, the, the uh, My Hero and Everlong videos as well. And then when the learn to fly video dropped, like I like immediately like started, I mean, that was the power of music videos back in the day. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. And that, that's another like hilarious music video as well. Oh, it's obviously. one of their. I think that's still their best music video. That's my favorite. I mean the the every actually the Everlong one is fucking so wild and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that um, think, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like that's and I'm sure we'll get into it more, but that's like another thing about like Foo Fighters that I could love was that they were like it was comedic, but uh, well, I mean. You know, seeing Music a big serious, meme, you know, like, but they like, didn't take themselves serious. Yeah, but you know, but it was also give and take. Like, there's other music videos that they were very serious, and other song. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of. It was an eclectic mix of emotion, I guess I would say. Like, you know, like you, there's there's comedy there, but it's serious, and and that's another thing that attracts you, or attracted me as well. It was as like you know, it was funny, and I and uh, obviously we like comedy, so yeah, it just seemed like a cool pairing. Yeah, it. Uh... Yeah, when Nothing Left to Lose, like, came out and you started seeing, like, like the Learn to Fly video and later, you know, probably like a year later, like, me, myself, and Irene came out and they did, I think Breakout was the video for, in the song that was in that movie. So, like, I mean, that movie was, like, hilarious and, and like, something I was, like, into at the time, so... And my love for Foo Fighters definitely grew off Nothing Left to Lose. I remember going to to get Nothing Left to Lose um, and and being pumped on it. And that's the first record that Taylor – that was the first uh, – as much as I love Color in the Shape, I didn't really – I got Color in the Shape after Nothing Left to Lose. Like I yeah. loved the, the, My Hero and Everlong but I didn't pick it up and I picked up nothing left to lose and then went back and grabbed color and the shape uh, after that. But so that was the first record that Taylor was on. And you know, that, I mean, Dave drummed uh, obviously on the first record, Andy William Goldsmith uh, recorded drums for color and the shape, but then with the falling out with him, Dave ended up re-recording all the drums himself for color and the shape so there's only been two drummers in foo fighters uh as far as who's actually sat behind the kit for live performances william goldsmith and and taylor but Mm -hmm. there's only been two on record and that's dave grohl and of course taylor hawkins and i don't i don't know if and we talk about it we it's so funny we talk about our discovery of foo fighters in 96 you talk about Taylor Hawkins, who was literally like in one of in the biggest female artists band at the time, too, in 1996 with uh, Alanis set. Like, I don't know if there was a bigger female artist in the 90s than uh, Alanis set. No, I mean, that Jagged Little Pill record was like it's fucking huge. I think I was in, I don't know, like sixth grade or something. And I can just remember that being like, like, people were obsessed with that yeah. stuff you know I mean, I mean, and even songs, at, songs, even in that you know you couldn't not you, you couldn't not hear a song of hers on the radio oh yeah every even hour. to this day I, I wouldn't even say yeah. that i really like alanis morissette but even to this day i feel like i can sing like three or four songs yeah. off that record and I, I i don't think i've ever owned that record or openly played it uh like on my own but it's you know that's how big that record was that's i mean that's the and you know, it's funny. I, uh, I had seen it a while ago, but I, it resurfaced since Taylor's passing the video where Grohl and him are talking about Britney, a quote Britney Spears had. And I fucking actually love it. And my respect for Britney Spears skyrockets by the minute is seem, seemingly, but 
she said anybody she said anybody can write a radiohead record she's like if you want to write a hit song that everyone remembers and it like becomes super popular she's like mm-hmm. that's fucking hard and Ta- taylor and dave Grohl like quoted that and then and then she they go she's kind of fucking right it might be the only smart thing she's ever said <laughs> that's true yeah that's true and i think about i mean even though taylor wasn't involved with those the two huge foo fighter songs you can't like i can't not think about foo fighters everyone thinks dave Grohl, of course when you say foo right it's it's dave's baby it's always been dave's baby but the immediate second person you think of is taylor hawkins i agree probably yeah i would agree i mean i mean we're big pat smear fans so maybe right i think I mean, I think every, yeah, every member of the band, uh, I think obviously yeah, like I'm, I'm I a mean, big Nate, Nate, obviously being there from pretty much the, yeah. the jump of the live performances too. So like, I love Chris Shiflett. Like, yeah. I like his, you know, he's a lot of all the music he does outside of Foo Fighters. I love, I follow like his podcast. Like he's a cool dude, but yeah, I mean, I think for the, you know, the mainstream majority, you think of Dave Grohl and then, you know, the next person you would think of would be Taylor for sure. Well, yeah, there's always those interviews. If Dave was doing the interview, ta- ta- if there was anybody else during in the interview, you didn't really see Nate sitting on those interviews. It was always Taylor because Taylor was like the, he was a Muppet come to life. Like, a, you know, he was animal playing the fucking drums come to life. Yeah, you could always see like he's, um, yeah, he obviously had a big personality. Not that I like knew him personally, but you could just tell from interviews and his oh, yeah. stage presence and the way everyone talks about him and the way, obviously, you know, like you said, seeing interviews, seeing everything about them, seeing him like seeing live stuff. Like, yeah, he had a huge personality, maybe even, maybe even bigger than anybody in the band, to be honest with you. So, right. It's it. And, you know, even though, and I, I saw comments too, that people are like, and I, and it's such like a dick, dumb, like childish, teenage fucking 2022 youngster thing to say, I guess, is, well, he wasn't even an original member. Like Taylor Hawkins yeah. is so ingrained in everything Foo Fighters, like, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I keep going. I'm sorry. I just, it's just, it's just people saying shit just to be adversive to the situation. Well, yeah. I mean, we always talk about it all the time. First off, we live in an age where people rip apart it with the way the internet is and social media, like people rip apart everything. But that being said, like if, if Foo Fighters put out four records, maybe, maybe you could make that argument. Well, not even, it's not even an argument, but maybe you can make the same. Well, he's not an original member. It's not like they put out four records. I mean, no, he, he was not like fucking nine other records. Or yeah. Something. I mean, yeah. he was just not on their first two, like original full lines. Like, it's in, you know why why even bring that up is a dumb really stupid and uh but like i said that's the way the world is is we feel the need to tear everything down so but what was the what was the first was it color in the shape was the first record that you fell in love with i mean i'm not gonna lie like the the self-titled record i owned like early so i loved that record but yes i, I would say that the color in the shape was just so huge like I still, to this day, even though they put out amazing records, I personally think that that's just, well, I'm, it's a debate whether that's my favorite record, but I just think commercially, I mean, that record was so big. And then with the yeah. songs, like they had those songs in, in, you know, movies and it was just everywhere. Like my hero was, was literally everywhere. And the same with Everlong. Everlong is like, uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, 
You know what's funny though is obviously Taylor didn't play on that record, but I always think of that music video with him like tearing off the like women's like outfit in the cabin when they actually like break into like the full so, like that when it comes back in. Like yeah. and I just think even you know the you know the biggest songs on that record, Everlong My Hero, I don't think I don't immediately, I don't ever disconnect like Taylor, even though he wasn't in the band at the time, because I immediately think of like all the live videos I've seen of how amazing those fucking songs sound live. And you know what you could equate it to, not to interrupt you, is uh, different bands, but you could say, well, Travis Barker, well, he's not the original member of Blink-182. Yeah, you're not thinking (laughs) of Scott Raynor. um, You're not thinking of Scott Raynor when you hear Damn It, like even though Travis Barker wasn't on the fucking... Exactly. I mean, he's not an original member. uh, So, but I think at this point, he's by far the biggest member. I mean, there's no doubt about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, he was just in a... Not to get on a... He was just on a... He was... The Oscars, the Academy Awards had their own like house band and he was drumming for it with like some random... So, uh, but yeah, it would be like making that argument, which wouldn't make any sense. Whatever you think about Travis Barker, I mean, he's a, you know, he wasn't on the first two records, like, yeah, or the first three records, actually, yeah, right, yeah, first three records. So, um, anyway, but with the with the loss of Taylor Hawkins, it it really does make you consider the fact that there aren't really a lot of real rock and roll bands on top at the level of the Foo Fighters. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to give each other's opinions on, on, on what we think it could happen. But I mean, this is just because we're fans. We're doing this episode because we're fans. So we're going to have, we're going to have fan talk, but as far as a player, as far as an old school rock and roll like just a groove and a vibe and a hard hitting badass fucking drummer that kind of emotes a lot of Bonham. That's what I've always gotten from him. He was like a he was like a a thinner blonde John Bonham to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean he they have similar. I think they have a similar style. That's for sure. I mean, and yeah, it's. I mean. His playing style was so fun to watch. I think because he always had a vibe, he always had a groove, and he just he always he also looked like he he was a hard hitter too. Uh, I yeah. think he did. I think as albums went on, he did lighten up some of his hits. But when he plays live, like I mean, he looked like he was beating the shit out of them for like his life depended on it, and he was just such a fun drummer to watch. And he's one of the he's a legacy rock and roll drummer that we'll will always remember. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I can't lie, like with me, like I'm almost naive to how big oh, the Foo Fighters oh, are. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. that way just because I've I've been a fan for so long. Like I feel like I don't really f- realize the full weight of how big they are. But then like like when they play like they played on stage with literally like the biggest bands in history, you know, like they have Jimmy Page coming up on stage with them. They have Getty Lee, they have yeah. Paul McCartney, um, Roger Taylor. Yeah. Like, I just think it's, it, it kind of speaks to how huge they are. And like you said, like they're, when they're selling out, you know, Wembley and like arenas, like they are a huge band. And I think in that, whatever you want to label them genre wise, um, you're right. I don't think there's many bands, 
in that, like, because obviously, I mean, you would, I mean, I know you know this, like, uh, Foo Fighters, it's tough to put a genre on them anyway, because they're all over the place. They I, they really are. Like, they, yeah, they have, they ex- explored so many musical avenues. It's insane. Like, they have stuff that's heavy. They have stuff that's jazz. They have stuff that could sound punk. They have stuff like everything. And, and not even just throughout, like, early in their career, like, you know, like, listen to White Limo on, on Wasting Light. That's yeah. a fucking, heavy badass fast song and like i mean if you played that song next to uh big me and you said you told someone it was the same band and they'd never heard foo fighters they would be like what the fuck this band's way they have no clue what they want to do yeah no for sure and i just think and that's another thing like they like dave you know has his hand in producing stuff and and they just put out, you know, or the side thing, the dream window was like a metal project and like yeah. they produced songs for ghost and or produced a song for ghost. And like, like I said, like he's, he's everywhere. Like, uh, you know, did the, the stuff with Josh Hame and, and uh, John Paul Jones from uh, Led Zeppelin. I don't know. Like, it's just, you're like, I think you said it earlier, like, or yesterday, maybe like, there's really not, there's really not a lot of bands or any really other bands like them. And I don't know if there ever will be like in, again, in like that, you still have like Metallica selling out arenas and, and stadiums right, and shit, right. but that's, you know, they're obviously not the same. They're, you know, I, they're rock bands, of course, but I just mean like, I don't know. Like I could show, I could show someone a Foo Fighter song, almost anybody. And they probably would find one song in their catalog catalog that they would like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. And I, I'm right there with you. Um, seeing them for the f- first time, and and hopefully not the only time, um, but obviously the only time with Taylor that I had seen him uh, just last summer, I was naive to the fact of how big they were, and I had known, and I had seen in in everything, in the documentary, and back and forth, and and, and watching the entire thing live on the on a D- on DVD of the Wembley show, and. And not fully grasping how big and universally loved that band is when I go to when I went to the amphitheater to see them here in in Syracuse and you see every single walk of life you could possibly think of. And it was fucking jam packed and they were whatever it was, three and a half hours late because inclement weather and they couldn't fly out and they ended up flying direct from New York City to there and they were all cocked um because of just hanging out and being and waiting and uh the sound was not great because they didn't sound check so it was like it was mixed and and it was all like set for the opening band sound which they had a they had weird settings on all their things i couldn't couldn't really hear a lot of the guitars or vocals um you could hear the drums and i'm grateful for that now uh but that was uh i'm glad i went to that just because you know, it was my only time to see Taylor. Um, and I'm glad I went, uh, be, be it, it was a huge shit show as far as like <laughs> a huge way and fucking a million people, uh, you know, as we were exiting COVID, uh, you know, needed to be vaxxed to go and all the fucking and all the shit and that went around with it. I'm so glad I went now, but, uh, I didn't realize how I was naive to the fact of how truly big they were. When you see 65 year old people, 50 year old people, 40 year old people, people in their mid thirties, like you and I people in their twenties, 
teens, kids. I mean, they're right. That, that's how that's how far stretching and well received their music is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, not that they maybe feel that way, but definitely like definite rock stars. Uh, not that I even like the way what that represents, but it's just a fact. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, no, it. I mean, and, yeah, that's a, if you can if you watch all the interview, they don't they don't admit they admit the rock starness without the negative connotations that are connected to the rock star moniker. Exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, again, like I said, I don't know if we'll ever see, like there's bands that are huge or artists that are huge for sure. But I just think with the way music is, um, and believe me, I know, I mean, I know music makes, uh, it takes up a huge chunk of our life. Like we're obsessed. Um, I just don't know if we'll ever see a band like them. Um, I mean, they've been going for so long. And I'm trying to think of someone you could even equate them to, but again, like musically, there's nothing you can really do it. Like, no. like there's some, there's some like metal or rock bands, like I said, like a Metallica, but like outside of that, of, of maybe a more, I don't want to say calm down, but like eclectic, I can't think of anybody. I could be way off on this. I just, I can't think of anybody. So no, I mean, and they kept, they kept stretching those, boundaries too because what they do the fucking bg's like a bunch of like a B, the dg's record you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah doing bg songs and fucking doing and and they've always talked about like the disco beats and the drumming that dave Grohl's always like associated and, and been influenced by disco beats and shit like it just it's so far stretching and i think that is why like taylor hawkins passing kind of just fucking sucks for everyone and you see like legends that he looked up to like Ringo fucking star, I think posted about him and like fucking, can you well, imagine, yeah, that's, like, I mean, imagine being a 50 year old man? I mean, you can say what you want. It's fucking tragic. And everyone wishes Taylor Hawkins was still here, but talk about a fucking life well lived when you have a motherfucking beetle posting about what a loss yeah. you, you are and what a great drummer you were. I, I mean, mean, you've done it at on, that point. Yeah. For a hundred percent, like just on social media alone, like, you know, we, we listen to a lot of like metal or, or whatever punk bands, like more underground, like on my like social media feed, like I saw like huge, huge people posting about it. And then literally like smaller, you know, metal bands or, or like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that speaks volumes, like, um, like the band from, I could take, for instance, like cave in, uh, you know, like a, whatever you want to call them metal to post hardcore or whatever band from Boston. Like he, they posted, they said they went up on tour with the Foo Fighters, like, for like in the early 2000s and they yeah. said like taylor was like the greatest dude like super nice and like and that's what i mean like you just um it speaks volumes about who they are and who he was and and who they are as a band and and individuals so yeah and, it's, yeah we'll never see it i don't think no i don't think so either um but i guess to to kind of put a cap on it and i know it's uh, it's interesting. I know you and I have talked a lot about how great of a record wasting light is, and we could talk forever about how great the color of your shape is because it is, and it's yeah, it's 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 really hard to say that any of the records are better than that. But I think if there was a record that lived up to the replayability, it's probably wasting light. But yeah, I think for to say that. 
uh, where, when it came out, where it came out in their in their catalog or grand scheme of things, so to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think, I think an argument could be made that it's like, you know, the to- a top three record, if not like top two, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you go back and forth. I like this one more. I like that one more. But yeah, I mean, I think that record is great because it seemed like they kind of, you know, with the way the recording process, I know that they kind of went back to a more like uh like what toned down like they you know they kind of returned to their roots a little bit on that record and it seemed uh not that they were like doing crazy things before that but no it but just they, seemed like they did some soul searching before that record and it seemed like it really translated onto uh yeah you know, what, what came out well they went back to to analog to yes. record it recorded to tape with butch walker in a home studio Pat's back in the band, like officially a full-fledged member again, not just touring, uh, you know, as the first record back with Pat as a full-fledged member. I think on, on, on echoes, he, he played like a track, but on this one, he's fully back. And I know you and I are big Pat smear fans. Um, <laughs> and that record just is fucking like amazing. And I love the fucking drumming on that record so much. Like the drumming sticks out to me on that record so much. Um, and rope is just such a fucking awesome song it was so smart to make that the lead single because like the drumming fucking kicks ass the song kicks ass the record kicks ass yeah i mean we you know i know just via text me and you i mean we both put that in our top five and i think yeah i mean i think it's definitely one of the best songs they've they've ever written yeah and it's i mean and i think it was kind of it was it was like i think that was when they they had played the wimley show like a, a year or two before that record came out or maybe even 3 but that's when they took their big step i think and they solidified themselves as as royal kings of rock and roll fucking um with that record and i just remember with the doc coming out with that they had just came off wembley stadium like a year and a half before they had done the vh1 storytellers they put out a greatest hits record like before that too. Like, and it was just, it was a, a step in the right direction. And it, it was just such a fucking killer record with a killer drum sound is all their records have. And, uh, but I guess if you could, if you could tell anybody who's listening to this to go listen to, um, listen to three Foo Fighters songs right now to get to to get the feel of you know how either how good Taylor Hawkins was or just encapsulates the love of the love you have for the band if you were going to send someone to go you know pay tribute to Taylor Hawkins and listen to three songs right now which would you do well that's a good one that's a good one um are we just talking Taylor? Or are we talking just Foo Fighters? It could be anything. Anything that Taylor played on. I'll say that. Um, that's a good question. I mean, do you want me to go first? What do you think? No, I mean, I, I could, I could kick out a few of them for sure. Like, I think, I think Aurora is a is just a great song. Yes. So yes. maybe his drumming is not like the craziest on that song, but I think that song is like maybe one of their more toned down or, or slower songs that would really. Um... That's the first record Taylor's on though, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, my next would be, uh, I don't know, probably in your honor. I think, I mean, I just love, I'm just picking songs that I love per se, not really technically. Right. And then um, 
I'm going to just do some, I'll just say something random, something newer maybe is, uh, uh, what is it? The sky's a neighborhood song. I think that's a fun song and that's like off fairly new record. Yeah. Uh, their second to last record, right? Or is it their last record? No, I Sky's Neighborhood it. was on, was that on Concrete and Gold? Concrete and Gold. Is that their last record or is it Sonic Highways? Is there? I always get confused about Concrete those last and Gold. Two. Concrete and Gold came out, I think, after Sonic Highways. There you go. I, I would pick that song then, probably, just because it's something newer, too. So kind of try to stretch beginning, middle, and end. Uh, I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to do that. So, I, I mean, I could talk. Aurora might be my favorite Foo Fighters song. But since you already picked it, I will go with Generator, the song right before that, because I love that song. And that a great song, yeah. And it's just, it's a song that, you know, obviously it's the first record that Taylor played on. And I don't know, I just love that record. And that's kind of, I never really took it into consideration that that's a really pretty laid back record, aside from a few tracks too. And, but it's Yeah, like, it is. I guess it is actually. It's not, not too intense. Uh, but I love it. Um, so I'll go with Generator because I put that on the other day. You put it on yesterday because um, since he passed, like I had it's so weird that I had just li- I had just listened to like Wasting Light. And uh, and one by one, I had just listened to those records back to back that weekend before Monster Mania. So a few weeks ago or that couple of days when I was the day I picked Brian up that Thursday. So a couple, like three weeks ago now or whenever. And I had just listened to those records. I was like, I listened to wasting light and I was like, I'm going to listen to one by one. I haven't listened to one by one, like in so long. So I listened to those records back to back. So uh, I was already kind of like in a foods mood this month, but obviously when, when the news came down that Taylor had passed away, I, I was listening to foods. And for some reason when I was, uh, when I was uh, uh, driving and I played generator, I don't know why it hit me. And I just fucking, I almost got fucking like my eyes started to well up. I got so fucking like uh, hit by it. And then, so, so I'm going with generator, but uh, another two songs, if I was going to go through another two songs, I would probably say, I would probably go with times like these off one by one. Um, just because I think it, whatever you can say, whatever you want to think politically, it is what it is. But when they played that, cause I don't give a fuck either way. Like I don't vote, so I don't fucking care. And I will never talk politics on this fucking podcast, but after, uh, the, the election and the food fight, like it, you know, all the COVID stuff was still like fucking crazy. They played Saturday night live Chappelle hosted, and Chappelle introduced them. And for some reason, when they had like the flag, they had like literally like flags like draped on themselves, like as the like little pitcher going into it. And Dave Chappelle's like, ladies and gentlemen, fool fighters. Like, and then they played times like these. And I love that was a that was a premiere episode, right? I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was a great because they had Chappelle, which was huge, and they had the Foo Fighters. Yeah, that was I mean, that was and that was just such iconic. an amazing performance, and it just like felt it just felt like, you know, that that year just felt like a fucking whirlwind of fucking shit from every angle. So to me, I was just like, I was just like, shit, like that was so fucking cool. And I think that song is, you know, probably something people are going to listen to and kind of take a lot from now, especially considering the circumstances of Taylor being gone. Uh, It's awesome lyrically. And it's just a fucking cool ass song. 
And then I got to go. Um, we just talked about it. And I, I remember when it dropped as a single with the doc coming out and the album coming out. And I remember you and I just like being stoked when the album was coming out. I'm going with rope off wasting light. It's just such a fucking kick-ass rock and roll fucking song. Pat, Pat smear back in the band, fucking Taylor, Patty. just, just fucking smear. ripping and roaring and fucking blazing on the drums. And it's a fucking killer track. So those are my three. I love it. Yeah. I mean, those are all, all phenomenal songs. I think the thing about them too is like uh, putting out so many records that they put out. Like, there's really not one record that's bad. Like at no, all. no, there's one you prefer. Yeah, but... and there might be some songs you might be like, you might skip or whatever. I don't know, but like, yeah, every every record is really solid. And there, and there's at least I'm I'm not saying for me obviously there's a bunch, but I'm saying I think for everyone if they listen to every record, there at least two songs that they would love. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And probably at least two songs that they know and don't even realize that they know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But to wrap this up, uh, go listen to some Foo Fighters. Uh, go listen I, to um, Coat I did, did want to read something. Uh, Jen actually sent this to me, and it was a, it's an excerpt from, excerpt from Dave Grohl's book about Taylor Hawkins, if I could, if that's cool. That's awesome. Yes, please. This would be a perfect wrap uh, up. Yeah, let me just pull it back up because I had it and I lost it. But uh, – Let's see. Let's see. All right. So this is from, I haven't read Dave Grohl's book. Of course I would like to I probably will, but it's, this says um, tearing through the room, like an F five tornado of hyperactive joy was Taylor Hawkins, my brother from another mother, my best friend, a man from whom I would take a bullet upon, upon first meeting, our bond was immediate and we grew closer with every day, every song, every note that we played together. I'm not to fr- I'm not afraid to say, our chance meeting was kind of love at first sight, igniting a musical twin flame that still burns to this day. Together, we have become an unstoppable duo on stage and off in pursuit of any and all adventure we can find. We are absolutely meant to be, and I'm grateful that we found each other in this lifetime. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Super, obviously super sad at this moment, but kind of shows like how tight, all those guys are, and especially those two. So, 25 years of uh, being in the Foo Fighters for Taylor and a f- fucking litany and plethora of records and songs to check out. So, jam them hard and jam them loud because that's uh, that's what we got left. So, and you know what? Do a, watch their music videos too because they yes, please you know, watch at, their at, music videos. At one point, there was a lot of effort put into music videos. I know that's not a thing anymore, but they have some hilarious and some great music videos so that would be a good good way to, to listen to some of those songs is through their videos yeah if you want if you want to if you're maybe everyone that listens i think our demographic on this podcast is right in our age range we're at the fucking like we're at the i think we're at the 24 to 30 like 38 fucking demo or whatever it is um single single males yeah single, single <laughs> white males i we did see we did see a little spike in female listenership recently and i don't know what it was it had to be james hart yeah like oh yeah oh yeah for sure um oh we ain't bringing them in that's for fucking sure <laughs> but uh but yeah, listen to a bygone era, the music video. So listen to some of these songs via music video because that's how we heard first heard some of these. For sure. All right. You can uh you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, host sites, Anchor. Find us on Instagram at Heart Guide Media, Twitter at Heart Guide Media. Hit us up. Um, and yeah, jam some, uh, jam some fucking Foo Fighters. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. <laughs>